everybody and welcome to this game where with me ashley and me chris bonjour everyone bonjour yep bonjour you all right we're gonna do this <sighs> this thing again you all right you all right you can drag me through this again yes i yeah. am good how are you i'm good thank you Great. i i genuinely think that it's telling that you don't like talking about whether someone's okay or not. Whether you don't like the inquiry, you don't like being asked, you don't like asking. I think that it says a lot about you. What does it say about me? What do you think it says about you? Uh, I don't care. Yeah, and that you're insular. Yes, both things are probably true. Yeah. Mm, all right. Well, that's sad. Well, no, of course, of course I, I care what other people are <laughs> like, but but not to that extent. But not me. Well, there was a, a very good sketch on a show I watched years ago where it was uh, two people, work colleagues in a lift, and they got in. Oh, hello, how are you? How was your weekend? And then, obviously, the the, the point of the I'm going to spoil it. The point the point of the comedy was that uh, you're supposed to say, "Yeah, it was all right, thanks." And the other person went, "Well, this happened, this happened, this happened," and it was this big monologue about all the things that happened. And that's that's what I feel like. I just want to, you know, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good as well. Move on. Would you tell me if there were anything wrong? Um, maybe, not on Mike, may, yeah, I, suppose. I, I probably would, but maybe not on Mike. And I'd also hate oh, myself for, okay. for, for telling you, right? Well, I don't think I, this is probably gonna get cut now. I'll see how I feel when we're listening to it back because this is a message that I'd like to get out to the world. I think that we should be more open, more honest about um, the way we are and the way we feel. I think that's important, and I'm glad that you feel comfortable to be able to tell me. And I wish you didn't feel self hate for doing so. <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you feel comfortable glib. to be able to do that. Were you? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to be earnest. I'm trying All to right. be earnest here and say you should feel comfortable telling me. I'm glad that you do. Don't don't beat yourself up about it. It's good. All right. Thanks. <laughs> you don't care. You don't care. You don't care. Let's no, move I, on. I We're do... talking about a good game this week. What are we about this week then, Ashley? It's uh, this game where you are a shipwreck survivor washed up on foreign shores who, on waking, finds all humans turned to stone and horrifying mythical beasts roaming about. Over the course of the game, you take on the might of the gods to take down a hellish foe. We weren't very dramatic with that. I like where you, you sped up and slowed down. I was there. Not there, Good. there, but there in the moment. You know, I knowing what you do as a job, I do feel for the people that are inflicted with your reading. You know, I got what do you, are you just like a robot? You just read it out in monotone, or no? When you're reading to other people, is it just? Oh, I use diction and emphasis in inflection, diction, yeah, inflection, and yeah, <laughs> cadence, yeah, all, all them, all them things. Give it a bit of variety. Well, you should. Good. Give it some you beans. Note it. You... Good. You always comment on it whenever I go even a little bit off the. I like it. It, it probably taps into what we've just been talking about. It probably taps into that whole idea of, of opening up. Anyway, I don't know what the game is. What is the game? Immortals Phoenix Rising. Oh, I do know what the game is in that case. Hmm. Because? Because you bought it for my daughter. For I did. I bought it for your daughter because of the uh, response that I had to it myself when I started playing it just before Christmas. And then you regretted buying it for her straight away because after you bought it, you then played a little bit more and found out that some of it was a bit more choice but we'll, we'll, we'll come to that in a, in, a in, in time that was also literally the same day that i bought it for her as well i i bought it i had it delivered to your house so that you could wrap it up for me 
and um i i then then one of the npcs was talking about how his dad was a prostitute and i was like oh god i've just bought this for a, a seven a six-year-old six-year-old seven yeah seven. Oh bloody hell oh it's fine behind the times it's fine I'll, I'll have that awkward conversation when that comes up or we'll just avoid that npc in particular you also twice oh uh, you also on the address label addressed it to pistopher I did. I did. I thought it would be funny. I was I was waiting by my phone for you to to get that parcel, and I was really hoping that, that it was fully scrutinised by the postie, and they maybe knock on your door and go, "Here you go, Pistopher." Well, I none I of that saw, happened though. I saw it. I think my daughter noticed it as well, and I had to have her. Oh, it's just it's just actually being funny. And then I deliberately did not re- reference it in my text back to you because I knew you'd be waiting <laughs> for me to comment on it. So I I withheld that. I know. I've been formulating other things just in case I need to send something else to you. I've got other names for you that I'm going to try. All right. I can't think so, of any others other than Pistopher. I've got, I've got a OneNote. <laughs> of course you full have. Of them. <laughs> yeah, I've I've brainstormed it and everything. It was a good morning. <laughs> right, Immortals then. Anyway, what Immortals. Is it? <laughs> it's a... Well, what? You tell me what it is because you've, you've played it a little bit. I, I think it's like an adventure. Action adventure. Have you finished this game? Yes. Right. Yes and no. I'll be honest. Yes and no. I I finished it to the point that I was satisfied, and I'll talk about that later. Okay. And how many hours roughly is that that you've played? About forty. Okay. So myself and my daughter. How is this feeding into deciding what genre it is? Myself and my daughter have played it for probably about an hour. Oh, what? Oh, well, that's disappointing. Having been the person that bought you it, but. Mm. We both we both really, really like it. So my, my point is that while I have got a bit of a toe in with this game, I can talk about it. I'm not going to be able to talk about it in quite the same depth as you are. Right. Oh. To go back to your question, this is a action adventure. Mm. Third person, very much in the mould of Assassin's Creed, he says, having never played an Assassin's Creed game. But it, I think it's what they are like, based on what I know of them. Assassin's Creed slash Breath of the Wild. Yep, I totally agree with all of that. I think that that and and no one that's listening to this that knows anything, I think, about this game will be surprised to hear that because that is how it was sold. That is how when when it was first announced, it was sort of everybody took the same impression from it. It was Ubisoft's attempt at mimicking Breath of the Wild. So. This game was shown off first at E3 in 2019 and then came out in December of 2020. Quite a long time afterwards which, then. Which, well, yes and no. I mean, it's just a year and a half. I, there were games that were shown off in probably in that in that same E3 that haven't come out. Yeah, And I, I think there are games that... So um, not, not a longer turnaround. But what strikes me is that actually this game has only been out for just over a year. Which seems absurd. Like it feels like it's been out for a lot longer than that. Is it twenty twenty to twenty twenty one? It's now twenty twenty two. Yeah, so just over a year. This this has been around, and it feels like it's been around forever, and that people have been talking about it quite a long time. And also coming out when the world was uh, maybe during had... the pandemic. Yeah, big fish to fry. I I kind of felt like it existed before that, uh, and it's yeah, I hadn't really thought about it before, but I didn't get it at the time uh, that it came out. I got it just before christmas uh 2021 and and it did make a bit of a splash because everybody had seen it, it made a bit of a splash when it was originally shown off it was it was 
first in 2019 at this E3 conference, Ubisoft were calling it Gods and Monsters, I think it was. And oh, that sounds familiar. I said that as a title. I didn't the, realize that was the same game. Ah, it is. The trailer looked um, exactly as you've described, like an Assassin's Creed crossed with um, Breath of the Wild, and everybody was quite up for that. It seems it seemed like a good a good uh, marriage. Um, and I kind of was a bit, you know, I, sometimes I'm a bit sneery. Sometimes I'm a bit like, oh, yeah, whatever. And I kind of did that with this. And it's another one of those that when I started playing, and I also thought it just won't live up to, it just won't live up to what people expect. It's just not going to hit those lofty heights. Well, cards on the table at this point, my uh, godson has it. He is 10. And he brought it over, well, like in a few of the Switch games, to to show me. And he said, oh, this is like Breath of the Wild. It's really, really good. I'm really enjoying it. And gave me a, an overview of the game and talked about it being ancient Greek, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. And I thought the same thing. I thought, eh, so mm. surely it can't be that good. And now having played mm. it, it, it really is that good. Yeah, I had a, a visceral enough response that I was like, this is one for Chris and his daughter. And, and that's why I... I Genuinely, that's the that was almost one of the thir- first things I thought when I when I had a few hours with it, and I'd had this really, it just seemed to tick all the boxes that you tend to enjoy in a game, and and I thought, you know, just how much your daughter is into Breath of the Wild, and how closely this um, cleaves to to that formula, I thought that it was worth passing on. Hmm. We we keep harping on about it being similar to Breath of the Wild and Assassin's Creed, so I should probably break down how exactly it is. So um, one of the first things that you do in this game is you, you washed up on this uh, island, this uh, and it's got all these mythical beasts, as I said, that are roaming around. They try and kill you, they attack you. You find Achilles' sword that you take for your own, and then you, you make a beeline to climb up a statue. I think the statue, is it Athena or is it somebody else? I think it might be Apollo. Is it Apollo? Right, Possibly. okay. Oh, yeah, Athena's in a different area, isn't she? Of course. Um, so you climb up this statue, whoever it is, I can't remember. You climb up this statue, and at the top, you get this Assassin's Creed uh, thing where you where it shows you uh, a 360-degree view of, of the island that you're on and, and everything in the distance. Um, and it also unfogs the map for you so you can see the island in detail. You then get, and this is sort of, that's that's a bit of Assassin's Creed and a bit of Breath of the Wild, climbing the towers. Through the towers, yeah, um, definitely. You then get this moment, you then get this opportunity from this high sp- high point, this, this uh, lookout spot, to look around the world and tag different things in the world so if there's a there, there are all these different activities you can do in the world and from this high point you can you can identify where they are and they and then you can set beacons on the ones that you want to tackle so if you think breath of the wild style um you do that with your shrines and you do that with yep. places of interest and that's that's kind of what it's taken from from there so in- and it works it works very well so when myself and my daughter were playing at that point, we did a 360 going around and just really carefully scrutinising what we could see and placing beacons left, right and centre just to really make it 
as as full an experience as possible and then going to the map after that right we've now suddenly got loads and loads of little icons dotted around all over this this island which isn't that point of the game this isn't this is quite a small area but then suddenly it's populated mm. with lots of things that oh this might be interesting or there's treasure chest over here etc and then that's where for us that's where the game again we're in a very small area of the game total but where the game opened up because it's that giving you the keys to it and then right off you go do what you want and whatever order you want which is one of the many things i realized about breath of the wild breath of the wild had the plateau and this small island in immortals phoenix rising is their version of the plateau and i think when this we've talked about it before but this industry is a an industry of magpies and it's no bad thing people people borrow mechanics and ideas from from each other all the time and they put them together in different ways and that's that's the game games industry and we should with we should be thankful that so many brains get to think about the same things in such different ways because it, it leads to infinite variety and infinite fun here they've applied some of the same tactics some of the same approaches some of the same ideas some of the same mechanics and come up with something that feels quite distinct and its own thing the plateau though is directly drawn from sorry the island that you start the the game on that is directly drawn from the plateau completely the things that you do in this game uh the variety of things that you do there there is a there i think there is an emphasis on combat that isn't completely there with breath of the wild breath of the wild you can sneak around you can avoid combat a lot of the time and achieve things in different ways the combat is um more open to manipulation and using different tools to achieve the same object um here i I mean maybe it's just my lack of imagination but the combat the combat is one it's it's quite satisfying it's a it's a combination of heavy and light attacks that you then combo into um into different combos uh, surprisingly you and you can also you can equip different weapons and the different weapons have different perks that then help you in various different ways so you can you can tailor your approach in terms of what you've got equipped to suit the way you want to play and i i did do that it's deep enough that you do actually have to and can benefit from engaging with that aspect of the game completely um but it does it does then boil down into light attacks and and heavy attacks but i think like you said that the combo system it works so the the bit that myself my daughter played through today uh we found an axe and then with this axe you were then able to string together combos and also jump in the air and then smash the axe down you could spin it to create a a shield to then dodge attacks Mm. and then there's a dodge system as well so you can roll out the way of attacks and then just the the slow-mo thing where you can then spin around and attack back at the the enemy as you come out of that dodge and i was stringing together some really wonderful looking fluid attack systems that were just a few button Mm. presses but looked really nice and made me feel quite adept at what i was supposed to be doing Mm. yeah absolutely the combat system is um so so certain aspects are ripped out of uh, breath of the wild the combat system very much is uh assassin's creed Oh, okay. I didn't know that because, so as I said, played... I've not played an Assassin's Creed. I've not got that as a reference point. It's new style Assassin's Creed. There, there's a bit. There's quite a distinct line between old Assassin's Creed games and new ones. So, new Assassin's Creed games start with Origins, go into Odyssey, and then Valhalla is the most recent one. And they have a much more, uh, a much deeper, richer, I think, uh, combat system. And that is what this is based on. Uh, incidentally, just uh, just to um, to get this out of the way. This game is made by Ubisoft Quebec. Ubisoft Quebec are known for working on Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which was all Greek 
uh, all based around Greece. The map was all Greece and the, the outlying islands. Um, and obviously they had a lot of mythological stuff feeding into that as well, but it was grounded in reality. This game, made by the same team, it's almost like they've taken all of the stories that they would have liked to include, the mythological stories that they would have liked to include in Odyssey, um, and adapted them to a much a much more forgiving template in so much as this is a very this is fully mythological this mm. is um it's completely ungrounded it's the style of it is sort of a colorful cartoony style uh to it that is it, more in the vein of of the breath of the wild art style and i think the, um, the... and so go on sorry I'm pretty sure and so uh they were able to they were able to just really f- have fun exploring these myths and and incidentally we might talk about it again uh, later on but that's one of the things that i really enjoy about the game and i think that's one of the things that makes this game its own thing so we might have to come back to that to to explain why go on yeah i think the the mythological thing for me is is one of the major strengths of the game greek mythology is something i think i've talked about this before actually is something i've always been quite interested in and i think a lot of people are so I think that's quite a good starting point for them making this game because it, it's an entry point that people have a bit of familiarity with. There's lots of people who I imagine know who Zeus is or was and Hades, Hercules as well. So it it gives them that in. But then the myths are then expanded and added to. So you're getting to understand more about what makes these gods tick as characters, which I really like as well. Yeah, yeah perfect. That's That's exactly the reason that I like it. I think that this game, as much as being a fun game, it's it's also a quite a, quite a cool learning tool for you know like uh, young younger kids that are maybe studying these things at, in primary school because I've come out of it not that I've necessarily retained a great deal of it um, but I've I've learned a lot playing that game about the different uh, mythical characters one of the ones that I do remember uh, was Heracles or Hercules as people might know him and how he the the twelve challenges of heracles or whatever they were i'd totally forgotten i knew who hercules was i knew or heracles i knew what he was famous for being strong and everything but i'd forgotten about these challenges that he'd had to go through and then as part of playing it hannah and i were actually discussing the different challenges as we were doing that part of the game so so is there a is there a mission we have to do those or help heracles with those no there is not a mission where you help heracles so so i'm gonna spoil a few things oh, it's fine it's are you fine. okay with that yeah so um when you get onto the mainland, you're you're on a small island at the moment. That's yeah. like your little training ground. When you get onto the mainland, what you'll find is that there are four sections. Of, well, there are five, but there are four sections of the mainland. Um, and each one is represented by a different god. There's Hippolyta, there's a- Athena, there's Aphrodite, and there's Ares. And each one, therefore, has a different aesthetic to it. And you go, you go around, you navigate around these areas to try and help each of the gods and as as you do that they'll equip you with mythical powers they'll give you the powers of that god so aphrodite might w- w- might give you something to do with your health i can't exactly remember it's all all based around apples well, so you help um, aphrodite there that's one of the the golden here apple we go. yeah here we go the golden apple is part of the uh myth of odysseus and obviously odysseus yep. odyssey you assassin Creed odyssey there you go there's a nice lineage there as well Thank you very much. On top of that, so each area has its own god. On top of that, the baddie has corrupted four of the um, Olympic heroes. So there's Hercules. I think Odysseus is one of them. 
um achilles is another and i can't remember the, the last one and so tied to each area is one of these corrupted gods and every so this struck me and this was another thing that i thought mm, chris is gonna like this and i can't remember which one came out first but um the big bod the big baddie in this is typhon mm-hmm. and every so often in in that quarter of the map that you're in typhon might decide to rain down fire um and it happens completely randomly and as part of this raining down of the fire he'll like in, send one like of in these... Bowser's fury yes yeah exactly like that yeah. yeah um he and he sends off one of these wraiths to to come and find you so this this wraith will then hunt you for as long as typhon is raining down fire in that area this hunt, this wraith will be on the hunt for you and you can go and attack the wraith and put him back in his box so he stops hunting you or you can just keep running away from him or move to a safer area there's also then so that is exactly that's exactly what it uh, what occurred to me it's like bowser's fury where bowser uh, pops up out of his box gets a bit ranty and then you can pop him back in his box as giant cat mario and i thought you'd like that mm. You can also take out. You can go to the wraith's layer and and you can deal with them once and for all in a in like a big showdown in an arena. So you, if you can beat them in the arena, then they stop bothering you on the overworld, which are, again is is quite a nice little incentive to take on the challenge mm. of these wraiths. But again, it's um, up to you. You can do that if you want, or you don't have to. It's again that idea of it being up to you how you approach the game. Exactly. Yeah. So the equivalent of the uh, breath of the wild shrines the equivalent here is these layers of tartarus um and you jump down into these big uh chasm things these voids and then there's like challenges and and just as in breath of the wild there are some that are more puzzly some that are more a bit more platformy some a bit more uh combat orientated um and you take those on uh and for each one you get a, a lightning rod of zeus those lightning rods, along with other things, can be used to upgrade your character. So again, Breath of the Wild, health and so on. The the lightning rods, I think, are your stamina gauge. Breath of the Wild. Uh, I could say this. I could just keep saying that all the way through. Um, then uh, the health. I can't remember what does health. What does health? A bit of a potion earlier to fill up the health, but I don't know if that's... No, that's to, to increase your health. Oh, that's what you mean. Second. So while you're just looking into that, we actually did one of these earlier and my daughter said, oh, this is a bit like a shrine in Breath of the Wilds. We fell into that chasm and did this challenge that culminated with getting the axe. But also as part of that, we also got these wings that meant uh, Phoenix could do a double jump, which I quite liked as well. But before before falling into it, again, a really nice nod to Greek mythology. Uh, oh, before I finish uh, that train of thought as well, the 12 tasks of Heracles or Hercules. I had, I remember when I was in year four, we did a topic about ancient Greek, uh, ancient Greek mythology, ancient Greece. And we had this big comic book that was all different Greek myths, all retold in comics. And I was absolutely fascinated, fascinated by this book and just kept reading it over and over and over. And there was one of, one of them was the story of Hercules and, and the 12 tasks he had to do. So I can remember those really mm. clearly just from reading that book over and over. Anyway, before you fall down this chasm, uh, Tartaros, you said? Mm, yeah. So yeah, the, the, the chasm we did earlier, uh, uh, before falling down, there was a, a brief cutscene with Typhon taunting Phoenix to try and goad Phoenix into going into the actual chasm itself. And there was a really nice reference to, the again, the myth of Odysseus. So Typhon said, who are you? 
and Phoenix said, no one. And then Typhon said, oh, I'm not going to fall for that or something to that effect. Do you know which myth that's referencing? I I did and I can't remember. So, so it's, put it's, me out of my misery. It's Odysseus and uh, Polyphemus, the Cyclops. Polyphemus being the son of uh, Poseidon. Um, mm. it, when Odysseus lands on the island of the Cyclops. Um, Isn't this the one where nobody can kill him and Odysseus calls him no himself yeah. nobody or something so Odysseus mm. introduced himself as as nobody or no one whichever one it is and then when he blinds the cyclops and the cyclops is running around shrieking clutching his eye and the other cyclops say what's happened who's hurt you and the cyclops says no one has hurt me mm. so that's i i, I realized yeah. that as a as a reference in this game it's peppy with those and that's one of the things that i love about it ambrosia was the thing that you used to help your health and ambrosia is is uh, sort of this food is of the gods. Assassin's Creedy. It is food of the gods. In this, it's like it's and weird crystal and rice pudding. Uh, in this country, ambrosia, rice pudding might. I don't know. Rice pudding must exist everywhere. It surely must. It, it um, should do. My brain. You've you've spiraled my brain off thinking of rice pudding rather than the game now. <laughs> Sorry, it's crystals in Assassin's Creed. Ambrosia here is like these blue crystals, bluey pinky crystals that are peppered around the island, uh, around the world, and that it might it might require you to climb up a high mountain to find it on a peak or something like that. But there's lots and lots of them, so that you can collect them and and turn them into extra health. Uh, there are other things that you can you can do as well, like maxing out your potions and increasing the strength of your weapons, and you do that all at the Hall of the Gods, and and require different collectibles for each of those things. Um, they're, they're sort of take or leave. I think you do have to engage with it to some extent, otherwise the game gets harder than it needs to be in term like if you don't upgrade the weapon power, then you're gonna be really struggling against some of the more powerful bot uh, enemies. Um but really most of it you can you can use as much of or as little of as you as you like. It's kind of a way to tailor the game to yourself. Does it end up being a bit of a, a fabled Ubisoft collectathon? in that case it isn't it isn't i think they've they're more like the koroks which i've always said the koroks in breath of the wild there's so many of them not not as some kind of weird challenge for you to collect them all but so that they're so that they're so um they're so readily available that you will happily stumble on them you and you'll stumble on enough that it it enhances your en enjoyment of the game and allows you to do the upgrades that those cork seeds allow yeah um yeah it's more like that really um i don't think it's hard to know with ubisoft isn't it but i don't think there is an intention for you to go out and collect every ambrosia and go out and collect every this or that or one and the other they've just given you enough that you'll you'll stumble on them as you naturally move around the environment but you could if you wanted but i guess that's where the game then the the gameplay time then extends massively in order to get all those. Yeah, and that's where that's where I would zone out because I just I'm not interested in in that kind of uh, engagement with with the game. Uh, and when you said forty hours earlier for completion, that's presumably then the main game to to completion, but not every single collectible. Yeah, no, it's okay. not every single collectible at all. I think there's possibly there's possibly even some side missions and things that just didn't float my boat. And there's certainly some uh, a, a lot of the there was so there are certain activities that you can do, and some of them 
I just wasn't as interested in doing as others. Some of the activities, examples of activities. So there are these ones where you can go and fire a magic arrow and then you have to navigate the magic arrow through um, a series of gates. So it's basically like a little flight sim, Star Fox style First person uh, Using thing. a magic arrow. Yeah, you follow... No, third person, third person really. Sorry, you yeah. follow behind... So that's... You follow behind the arrow like it's a ship and you fly it through these gates. So that's like the Batarangs in Arkham City. There were challenges that you had to do that. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And some of them are more challenging than others. Yeah. I, I didn't mind those. I, I, I quite, some of them I quite enjoyed doing those. Mm. Um, but again, you, if they're too frustrating, you can walk away. You mm. don't have to do them. So there's those. There's these uh, constellation challenges where you have to look around the area immediately in your vicinity, uh, immediately in the vicinity of these constellation puzzles, and you find these balls that look like uh, galaxy marbles. You know, like the sort of thing that men in Men in Black, where the the cat oh yeah, yeah. around it's <laughs> yeah, they're, they're genuinely like that. And you find a bunch of them, and then you put them down in a in a certain sequence on a grid, and then that gives you something to collect, usually coins of Sharon. That's also then part of a larger puzzle that is given to you by Daedalus, who is Icarus's dad, so yep. a little tie-in. Um, if you complete, from what I understand, didn't do it, but if you complete all the constellation puzzles, you then can access something that Daedalus has left behind for for the person that completes all these puzzles. I didn't do it because I didn't particularly enjoy the the constellation puzzles. Uh, there are combat combat activities, so you might go off and fight against particularly strong enemies, or you might go and um, fight a group of enemies. There are there are different types of chests. There are night chests, and you go off at night time and find these specific chests and fight a bunch of enemies, and that will give you access to these other crystals that then can be used to upgrade your weapons or armor or something like that. I did a few of those, but I didn't do all of them. But that's the point. Like, yes, yes, they can. They're, you can they're there if you want to, things up. but you don't have to. Yeah. I really like that point I've, I've sort of raised earlier, the fact that the game is tailored to be what you want it to be. And it yeah. can't, you know, whatever, if you want to do those combat type challenges, but not the exploring ones, you can do. Or if you want to ignore all of it, you can do. It's really up to you. And I I like that as a, as a gameplay style. I do too, and the, so this game, and that's one of, again one of the reasons that I uh, I thought this would suit you. One of the things that surprised me was just how much I enjoyed taking on like difficult, challenging bosses or enemies. I was quite enjoying the combat and mm. how how fluid that was. So I ended up taking on some quite quite difficult challenges off my own back, not even some like actively seeking them out. And I wouldn't normally do that with with this type of game. So there's something to be said about that, I think, in that the combat must have had something about it. I th- think one of the things is it's very accessible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I didn't feel like I had to be pitch perfect in order to in order to achieve here. Just as a reference point, I've mentioned a few minutes ago Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. Mm. I personally struggled with the combat in that. That was the weakest area of the game for me because I couldn't get the button pressing and timing correct. Whereas in this, I find it a lot easier and it still has the same style and rhythm to it, uh, you know, in terms Mm. of actually attacking. So what you'll find, actually, as you progress and as you collect a certain type of collectible uh, in this game, you can spend that to enrich your 
repertoire of of uh, moves of combat moves and you have these special moves that cost you stamina but then they tie in very nicely and, and very fluidly to the combat system itself so those light and heavy attacks you can augment with these very flashy lavish costly to some extent specials using a big giant hammer or lots mm-hmm. of lances that come out of the ground those were where the combat system really came into its own for me because they they create this flow that you don't always get in even in even in good combat systems you don't always get this level of flow that that immortals phoenix rising has again then uh, just to be that drum i'm guessing those are through an ability tree or something so you can choose how you want to access them yeah i mean it's not even a tree it's like do you want this one or do you want this one Mm. or do you want this one and then they have very minor branching uh for each of those powers there's like seven or eight of them and and then each of those might have two or three upgrades for that particular power so yeah it's not like you have to choose either or you can actually end up with all of them depending on how many of these collectibles you get that you can spend on them so yeah it's very it's very good that i'm guessing those things as well you've mentioned these constellations and daedalus and icarus etc i really like the fact that i can just imagine when this game was started to be developed you said it obviously came out of assassin's creed game but almost that they just brainstormed every single thing they could think of to do with ancient greece and mythology and it just seems that they've tried to get it all in as much as possible because there's there's so many things you're referencing that i think oh yeah i know what that's from etc and Mm. that that for me yes is sounds really nice sounds really fun it's dense with it it's really dense with it and the other thing that we haven't mentioned is probably uh where we'll uh leave things off uh for this episode i think because uh, what another one of the things that I've been really enjoying is the characterization of some of these um, of, of these people. The game has a, narr- a narrator and the narrator is Prometheus. Prometheus is telling the story of Phoenix to Zeus, who is, uh, as you can imagine, being a bit of a shitbag to Prometheus at, at the beginning of the game. So he's telling this story of Phoenix and it's all um, it's all sort of tying back into Zeus as a character and what sort of person he is and the the game takes zeus on a on a bit of a narrative it gives him a bit of a narrative arc of of sort of revelation and realization through the stories of his children these these um four gods that you're trying to trying to help but the framing of that within the game is it starts off with the the introduction cutscene as as prometheus and zeus talking and then the whole game is told like a flashback as in you know, mm. or printers tell the story but one thing i like that that does is it then has as you're doing stuff or as you're walking somewhere or something you'll then get prometheus and zeus talking over the top of your of what you are yeah. doing and narrating or telling what you're doing or suggesting where to go next or saying all oh, the characters did this next and i really like that as a as a narrative device yeah i do as well i think it really works one of the other things that they augment your the, the narrative with is those mytho- mythological is those myths and those mythical characters you might reach a certain in fact here's one you have to go and fight a legendary boar at one point and it's part of a larger quest that sees you fight other legendary creatures and each legendary creature that you fight is representative of a specific legend mythical being or, or yeah specific legend in the greek pantheon so every time you come across this you know like the legendary boar you then get this uh while you're fighting or as you're introduced to the fight you get this uh little snippet of myth 
from Prometheus um, and Zeus. So yeah, it's just peppered everywhere. It's, it's it it's throughout the game. It's intrinsic to the game. Like it couldn't exist the way it the way it is. It couldn't be the game it is without those myths being layered upon each other. And I really like as well how the way that's done as well. It also gives character to Zeus and Prometheus, even though they're not physically with you as you're playing through the game. So an example in point with that that made me genuinely laugh out loud earlier. When uh, we made Phoenix fall into this chasm for the first time, there was then a bit of dialogue between Prometheus and Zeus. I don't know if you remember this bit of Nox Office very early on in the game. There was a bit of dialogue between them about how, oh, and then uh, I think it was Prometheus, or no, Zeus said, oh, and then obviously Phoenix, the credits bit. Obviously, Phoenix then died, and that was the end of the story. And then this credit sequence starts up, and it says, Phoenix Rising, uh, a Ubisoft game. And then it says, Executive Producer, Zeus, Director, Zeus. And then all the really juicy roles are given to Zeus. And then it then has some stinky roles. can't remember what the titles were. Uh, but there's a Prometheus. And I could just imagine yeah. Zeus as a character with the bravado and swagger that he has got doing on saying something like that. And just really simple. Mm. Uh, and as I said, it made me laugh. And I took a screenshot of it using the Switch controller because I thought, yeah, I, I, I like that. It is. It's very good. Uh, there's nothing quite as um, invasive uh as that I, I like fourth wall breaking there's nothing quite mm. as fourth wall breaking as that i think the ending comes close to um breaking the fourth wall but again not it's more of a dramatic yeah more of a dramatic fourth wall breaking than a than a comedic one i think that they do have uh, a little bit of a spark though prometheus and zeus in in their presentation here and uh, and with each other i mean and I think they do bounce off one another because Zeus is, uh, like you say, is machismo in God form, mm-hmm. and Prometheus is more human and humane. Um, as the again, really pulling on the myths because that was the whole point of what Prometheus did with the yeah. fire. He, he had empathy for the human condition. So they they really bounce off each other, and these these narrations that are constantly occurring over the top of the game they enhance they they. They go a long way to enhancing the experience, I Definitely. think. The characters largely are very good, very well-realized characters, I think. Zeus and Prometheus, I think, are the uh, are the standout. The story that it tells gives limelight to pretty much everybody in a in a reasonable to a reasonable degree, including the narrators, including Zeus, including Prometheus. And the the culmination of the story is good. Okay, so this is where this is this is where I uh, I admit my uh, my follies. Um, the the culmination of the story is pretty good; it's pretty satisfying. But then it carries on, and that's the only I think that's the only downside that I've experienced with it. Okay, that I get I had this satisfying moment where I took on the big bad and I took him down, and it was one that was like it was a reward. It was one of those rewards rather than challenges. And then the story carried on. And it asked me to fight the big bad again, and I am mm-hmm. out, I'm now. I played the game to the point where I'm outside the arena. I'm outside the door that I have to go through to fight this big baddie again. And I I just thought I feel I feel sated. I feel happy with where this story has has ended. I don't actually feel like I need to go in this door and have an, a one hour heavyweight brawl with this with this big baddie. I know what's probably going to happen. I could I could imagine it for myself. I don't need to. What has happened so far is enough. So that's the only the only real downside I think to the game that, Nothing, the, that's that pretty the, fair. they do like a they do a fake out ending. Mm. And then and then uh, have a real ending that is to me looks like a chore. So 
yeah. yeah. The game's the game's amazing, and then it ends. One thing we haven't talked about actually to loop from the ending right back to the very start of the game. Again, something you might remember is the fact that the character of Phoenix itself can be customized to be male or female. You can change the hair color, hairstyle, facial structure, everything. So that I thought was really interesting as well. Yeah, the the customization isn't... If you compared it to a, a big RPG where you can change the bone structure in the faces and things like that, it's not quite that de- deep. You, can ch- you, you have like a choice of eight faces and eight hairstyles and male or female voice and so on and so you could have you could have basically a, a very wide range of characters that you play as and actually i i use that opportunity to model hannah so i played as a, as a version of of hannah so it's um, hannah rising her, was the game yeah and uh, i i liked having that a level of customizability and i did enjoy i genuinely enjoyed the fact that my character was hannah mm. yeah it's something i appreciated and used to the fullest of its uh, to the fullest extent they they offered who did you make did you make anybody in particular or did you just go for um my daughter made a character no no she made one that was had freckles and ginger hair because she realized the weasleys from harry potter so she wants to play as a a weasley yeah exactly and it caters enough that you can kind of do that with a with a little bit of a stretch of imagination yeah so yeah i I think that was a worth uh, that's a good place to to finish off because it's just one more good thing that it does definitely I, fe- I sometimes feel a bit i sometimes wonder where to talk about the bad things in good games because you we end all too often i think we end with them and then you you leave people with a sour note but what i really want people to know is that all the good things that you've heard about this game are true and they is worth 40 hours of your time while Ash was talking i looked at the price of the game as well just out of curiosity to see how how much it is etc um on the playstation 4 and playstation 5 at the time of recording on amazon although obviously other places are available it is 13 pounds which seems ludicrous quite frankly for a game of this quality mm. and length that it's that price switch is a bit more it's yep. 30 pounds on switch switch premium etc but if you're still after, worth it. if you're after a bargain on the switch i would just put it on your wish list or put pop it on your what well, you know just keep an eye on it because it it might well come down from that every so often in sales and so much so forth the other thing to note is that i played it on pc i don't have like i've got a middle range pc for the people that know what this means it's got a an rtx 2060 graphics card so it's it's sort of lower end of the high range of the last generation of graphics cards from nvidia and it played it all on max settings i think pretty much um and i was hitting 60 frames per second most of the time i think just a few stutters here and there so for you can run it on a on a reasonable but not overly expensive pc again another therefore that might be a place to to go uh to go for it you can get it quite cheap there okay thanks ashley for for that uh genuinely a brilliant game highly recommended as i'm sure you've you've gathered from both of us talking about it um yeah, well worth opening that Pandora's box for. That's maybe not a good metaphor. Pandora's box is in it. Pandora's, Pandora's box is oh, in it. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I was, yeah. going, I was going for a metaphor, but then I realised that Pandora's box was, was bad, so maybe that's not the best uh, best link. No, I, I, you know what? I'm just going to tack this on. There's a. This is a spoiler. One of the gods has... Un, this will give you an idea of the sort of uh, where the narrative goes as well. One of the gods has problematic feelings towards their father Zeus. And those feelings have been locked up in a vault. And you use Pandora's box. You use Pandora's box to capture those feelings and lock them away so that he doesn't have to feel them anymore or something like that. Fair. Which which character is the name? Which character is that? I think that? that's Hephaestus. Uh, 
Okay. Was that Hephaestus? That was Hephaestus. I've just confirmed with Hannah. Okay, with the, with the guru, the, the first one actually you were playing the game as. That, uh, that's another thing. I keep coming up with other things. Hannah watched me play a lot of this game and enjoyed the spectating of it as well. So if you're if you've got a backseat gamer, this might be one for you as well. Brilliant. Sorry, that, that is genuinely the end now. It's the game that keeps giving. Right. Thank you very yeah. much for for that, Ashley, and thank you everyone for listening. Uh, remember to come join us on all the social meds and like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next week for another game. Yeah, we will. See you later. Bye bye.